Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Just how dangerous is our current border situation? That's a question I think a lot of us are asking more and more these days. With the record number of encounters with Border Patrol, ICE agents no longer arresting most of the illegal immigrants that come across that border, not to mention slave trading and slave labor at marijuana camps in Oregon thanks to the cartels. That's American soil. All of that is a major concern for us, and to have a conversation around that, uh, the former chief of the Border Patrol, Rodney Scott, is going to be our guest in this hour, 35 past the hour, to talk about where we are at now, what uh, what is going on, and what could be done if we had the will to do so. All of that coming up at 35 past the hour. Also at 15 past the hour, I'm not sure if you've heard this story or not, but the Catholic University is hosting a Planned Parenthood fundraiser? Really? (laughs) I mean, wow. Uh, They're not even trying to hide this thing anymore, so we're going to have a conversation about that. It's a report over at LifeNews.com. We'll be discussing that at 15 past the hour. And the USCCB has signaled that their Eucharistic uh, letter, their draft on the the Holy Eucharist, won't focus on denying anybody uh, communion now. It'll just focus on the real presence. Gee, I wonder if we saw that coming, given the meeting with His Holiness Pope Francis and Biden last week. So all of that coming up at 15 past the hour, not to mention we have a special guest in the program rudy from the glad trad podcast this year good morning to you rudy morning joe praise be to god you're in studio i know it's amazing to be here it's a, you wanted to come so badly you flew all the way from california <laughs> i did yes. and now that you've left california let's be honest do you really want to go back no i'm trying to figure out a way to stay here <laughs> can i stay in your closet you may stay in the closet <laughs> or adrian's apartment one of the two <laughs> speaking of pain and suffering adrian fonseca is here on the ones and twos good morning to you, adrian good morning good morning it's good to be here is it now it is praise be in to god in spite of it all in spite of it all no, <laughs> because of it all praise be to god we, we rarely get guests in the studio no it barely happens it, it's a special occasion when we get a guest in studio and it's uh, always a great time. Yeah, praise and, you know, be to God. I got to go to uh, All Saints Day or All Souls Day Mass last night. Very How'd that beautiful. Go? Oh, it was very beautiful. Very beautiful. I uh, fell asleep during uh, the first Mass, though. I'm going to be honest. But the good <laughs> news was that Father said three Masses back to back. So I just got to, I just stayed for the next Mass. Nice. Uh, so that was good. That was good. And then I went to go visit the cemetery, and uh, then we had catechism. Uh, with father, so that was great, very good. Oh, you went to the cemetery at night? Yeah, yeah, big time. I was like, uh, perfect. I'm going to try to avoid all the occultists and uh, all the witches. I'm just going to keep them out of the way. Don't they go at night? I'm, I think that's kind of. Well, their I, thing, I was right? trying to. I was trying to evangelize. You know, is that what you it's, were doing? Yeah, that's what I was doing. I think you get double the indulgence if you go at night. I'm pretty sure that's right. I think that's a rule. <laughs> I remember the last time I went to the cemetery to pray with the family, and uh, it was it was evening, so the, it was getting dark, and then all the deer came out. I'm like, I drive over an hour to hunt you animals, and you're right here. <laughs> oh, I saw at the there was a Dia de los Muertos uh, shrine on one of the one of the tombs, oh, no. and it was all it was. It was a Christmas tree with the cowboys on it. And the uh, Cowboys. They, the football team, the Cowboys football team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, 
what? What does this have to do with anything? Not good. And it's just like a cowboy's decked out their grave. And I was like, okay, well, here we go. Dia de los Muertos is purely paganism nowadays. Yeah, so for sure. For sure. All right. We have a lot to cover in this hour. Like I said, Rodney Scott, former chief of Customs Border Patrol, is going to be our guest, 35 past. Lots of stories to cover in the news. We have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then, of course, the What's Concerning Us segment, all coming up in this hour. So let's start by praying for conversion of sinners everywhere, for the repose of the faithfully departed, of course, for a resurgence of fidelity to Holy Mother Church, her faith, and her mission to save souls, especially in the hierarchy, and in my home and your home. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines. The Hill reports a big victory in Virginia governor election results. Youngkin wins. Glenn Youngkin is projected to win Virginia's gubernatorial contest, defeating former Governor Terry McAuliffe and becoming the first Republican to win a statewide election in the Old Dominion since 2009. Youngkin, who was virtually unknown to most Virginia voters at the beginning of the year, previously served as the CEO of the private equity firm Carlisle Group before stepping down in 2020. His victory is a major upset over McAuliffe, who has long been a fixture of Democratic Party establishment politics. The Democratic defeat also serves as a warning for the party going into the 2022 midterm elections, which are widely being viewed as a referendum on President Biden's first two years in office. In the New Jersey governor's race, it is still not called but it looks like uh, the New Jersey Republican gubernatorial candidate Jack Ciatarelli uh, leads the Democrat incumbent Phil Murphy in Tuesday's race for New Jersey's governorship. So I guess it's three-fourths of the precincts, precincts reporting. We'll have to wait to see how that goes. Epic Times reports gun sales continue to climb as 2021 set to eclipse every year but one. Over 1.4 million background checks were carried out by the FBI for gun sales in October, according to an analysis of bureau figures by the National Sports Shooting Foundation. The FBI reported conducting nearly 2.6 million checks in October. The annual total gun permit checks completed year-to-date is now nearly 15.2 million. The total uh, 2016 was 15.7 million, and the total last year... 21 million. Experts say the jump in gun sales last year stemmed in part from people living in fear of rising crime. The record numbers have since dipped but are still on track to set the second highest total in history. Washington Examiner reports veteran who planned Long Beach bombing sentenced to 25 years. Mark Stephen Domingo, 28 years old from CETA, was found guilty on one count of providing material support to terrorists, along with one count of attempting to use a weapon of mass destruction, according to a statement from the DOJ. Domingo, who had been found guilty in August, had intended to use the device to bomb a white supremacist political rally. The FBI began investigating Domingo after he made comments on online forums in which he supported and pondered violent attacks geared towards Muslims, Jewish people, churches, and police officers. 
Domingo eventually settled on targeting a rally slated to take place in Long Beach in April 2019, according to the Department of Justice. CNET reports Yahoo pulls out of China due to challenging environment. You might remember LinkedIn did the same thing not all that long ago. Yahoo on Tuesday said it's pulled its operations out of China due to an increasingly challenging business and legal environment. Yahoo's suite of services will no longer be accessible from mainland China as of November 1st, according to a spokesperson for the company. Quote, Yahoo remains committed to the rights of its users and a free and open internet, unquote. China is well known for its internet censorship and surveillance practices, blocking access to websites and online services like Facebook, Google, Twitter, and Instagram. Internet users in China often turn to virtual private networks to bypass the blocks and access those same sites. But companies operating within the country are also subject to laws that oblige them to hand over data at the request of authorities. TikTok, of course, you get a pass, right? The move also coincides with China's personal information protection law going into effect. The law establishes rules for how data is collected and used by entities operating in the the country. And those are your headline news. The saint of the day is Saint Martin de Porres. He was born in Lima, Peru on December 9th of 1579. Martin was the illegitimate son to Spanish gentlemen and a freed slave from Panama of African or possibly Native American descent. At a young age, Martin's father abandoned him and his mother and his younger sister, leaving Martin to grow up in deep poverty. After spending just two years in primary school, Martin was placed with a barber slash surgeon where he would learn to cut hair and the medical arts. When Martin was 15, he asked for admission into the Dominican convent of the Rosary in Lima, and he was received as a servant boy and eventually was moved up to the church officer in charge of distributing money to the deserving poor. During his time in the convent, Martin took on his old trades of barbering and healing, he also worked in the kitchen, did laundry, and cleaned. After eight more years with the Holy Rosary, Martin was granted the privilege to take his vows as a member of the Third Order of St. Dominic by the prior Juan de Lorenzan, uh, who decided to disregard the laws restricting Martin based on race. Martin grew to become a Dominican lay brother in 1603 at the age of 24, 10 years later after he had been presented with the religious habit of a lay brother. Martin was assigned to the infirmary where he would remain in charge until his death. Martin's life reflected, reflected the great love for God and all of God's gifts. It is said he had many extraordinary abilities, including aerial flights, bilocation, instant cures, miraculous knowledge, spiritual knowledge, and an excellent relationship with animals. Martin also founded an orphanage for abandoned children and slaves and is known for raising dowries for young girls in short amounts of time. Here's one that's relevant to us today. During an epidemic in Lima, many of the friars in the convent of the Rosary became very ill. Locked away in a distant section of the convent, they were kept away from the professed. However, on more than one occasion, Martin passed through the locked doors to care for the sick. However, he became disciplined for not following the rules of the convent. But after replying, forgive my error and please instruct me, for I did not know that the precepts of obedience took precedence over that of charity. He was then given full liberty to follow his heart in mercy. After his death, the miracles received when he invoked with such greatness that he exhumed his body 25 years later and found splendid fragrance and his body still intact. He died November 3rd in 1639 after a year of intense illness 
was beatified 1837 by Pope Gregory XVI and canonized in 1962 by John XXIII. St. Martin de Porres, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hadock's commentary said, The Pharisees assembled themselves together that they might confound him by their numbers, whom they could not by their arguments. Did you get that? Confound him by their numbers, whom they could not by their arguments. Wherefore, they said one to another, Let one speak for all, and all speak by one that if one be reduced to silence, he alone may appear to be refuted. And if he is victorious, we may all appear conquerors. Boy, isn't that something? Look at the intentions going on there. Hadok goes on to say, whereby it is evident that all dependeth not upon faith only, though faith be the first, but much more upon charity which is the love of God and of our neighbor, and which is the sum of all the law and the prophets, because he that hath this double charity expressed here by these two principal commandments fulfilleth all that is commanded in the law and the prophets. You know, this morning I was uh, thinking on this very point. There's a story that just makes my blood boil. A father had to rescue his daughter from the sex slave trade. And uh, what's worse was the temptation for revenge was so great that he went and enacted revenge by murdering the man who sold his daughter into slavery. And I was pondering that in light of love God and love your neighbor. And if God could forgive the most ardent of sinners and offenders, even from the cross, when he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Ought I not to forgive those that do such slight, trivial things to me and you? let alone those that are so grievous as to sell our children into slavery. We have so much to learn about loving God and neighbor, and much more will be said in the next hour if you can join us. Otherwise, we'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. 
The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. We thought we were killing the babies, but we have in fact killed our conscience. We have in fact killed our rights. We have in fact killed our nation. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Rodney Scott, former chief of Customs Border Protection, is uh, going to be our guest to talk about the the current border crisis. And it is a crisis. So we're going to talk about uh, what is going down there, uh, what is broken, what needs to be fixed, all that coming up at 35 past the hour. There are, as I say, a few stories that I feel are very concerning, to me at least, and I'm sure to many, many others. There's a, t- at least two stories I want to mention very, very quickly uh, that I found on The Blaze yesterday. Uh, here's the headline. Mom of skirt-wearing male teen who raped female teen in bathroom says son identifies as a male and just wanted sex as she berates victim. Quote, you're 15. You can reasonably defend yourself, unquote. Let that sink in. This is the Loudoun County uh, uh, story. We might remember the dad was arrested from the school board meeting because he went to protest that his daughter had been attacked, sexually attacked in a bathroom by a boy claiming to be a transgender and wanted access because that school board passed the rules that said that these uh, that these men wearing skirts, these boys wearing skirts could have access to the girls' bathroom. And his daughter was a victim, and he went to go and protest, and he was the one who was arrested. Well, I think this is part of why we're seeing the big overturn in Virginia this morning, and uh, we're seeing that the, the people of Virginia are sick and tired of the shenanigans. But look at, look at this mother's comment. She calls, she calls her son what he is. He's just a, a boy who's seeing girls like trophies to be collected, not as human persons. And he would stoop so low as to put a skirt on to claim transgendered rights, unquote, quote, unquote, and only to assault this girl. And, but she basically passes the buck on to her, like golly Jew is. Can't you defend yourself? She didn't go into the bathroom that day expecting to be assaulted, ma'am. I mean... This is absolutely ludicrous to me. So there's that story. And then there's the story I mentioned a few minutes ago. Also out of the blaze. Police say father hunted down and brutally killed man who allegedly sold his daughter into the sex slave trade. Social media users are calling him a hero. You know, I, I really, as a father, I, boy, this is a tough one. If someone did this to my daughter, with the temptation for revenge would be so great. It would be so hard to forgive. It would, it, I think I would probably shake in uh, cold sweats with the temptation to, to enact revenge upon the man who did something to my daughter. It takes great holiness and sanctity to overcome these types of things. And uh, it's an interesting story, to say the least. I don't want to read it to you. You can read it for yourself. But there's, these are definitely very concerning stories. But let's go to something a little closer to home. USCCB, this is out of the pillar, by the way. ThePillarCatholic.com. USCCB Eucharist draft document focuses on real presence, not communion denial. So we all knew that the bishops had voted by slim, super slim margin 
to draft a document that all it was going to do was discuss what they wanted to discuss at their November meeting. It had no resolutions, had no teeth, it made no statements. It was just like, hey guys, do you guys want to talk about this? That's all it was, and it barely passed. Well, then of course, you had Nancy Pelosi visiting the Vatican, and now Joe Biden visiting the Vatican, which we have now done uh, several commentaries on. You can find everything linked up on our YouTube channels, Odyssey as well. I think I posted everything to Facebook in addition to that. Plus, you can catch the podcast of this show Uh, We all know the deal. Biden meets the Pope. The statement is made by Biden that he is a, quote, a good Catholic. He put words into the Pope's mouth. Did he say it? Did he not? Who knows? The Vatican refused to clarify the circumstance, leaving the rest of us in complete scandal. And now this comes out that the USCCB, which is about to meet uh, next week, a week and a half from now, in Baltimore, that they're no longer going to talk about people being denied. So we have pro-abortion Catholics who are still going to receive communion because, golly gee whiz, what happens in Rome, I guess, happens in the rest of the world. I'll read very quickly uh, a part of this article over at the Pillar. Quote, the draft text of a uh, prospective U.S. Bishops' Conference document on the Eucharist is focused on a call to enter, quote, enter more deeply by faith and love into the great mystery of mysteries. I love that language, don't you? Let's enter more deeply. I feel like lighting a candle. Yeah. I mean, this feels cozy. I just want to light a candle and just enter more deeply into the mystery. Well, you know, like the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ who died for the salvation of souls, suffering mightily upon a cross for sinners. Let's enter more deeply into his sacrifice for truth itself. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Joe, yeah, the thing here, I mean, it's crazy because... All the bishops, and there was very few to begin with, all the bishops who wanted to do something, wanted to do an act of charity and maybe excommunicate Joe Biden and other uh, pro-abortion politicians uh, and keep them from receiving Holy Communion, they have to make this decision that St. Martin de Porres did in the last hour, uh, in the last segment, we were talking about it, whenever St. Martin de Porres tells his superior, forgive my error and please instruct me. For I did not know that the precept of obedience yeah. took precedence over that of charity. And that's the point here. I mean, this is an act of charity, and it is an act of evil to say, you know what? I don't really care. I mean, I just don't want to get in trouble with my boss, and so I'm <laughs> going to just follow follow the rules. Right. And the problem is, in this case, uh, your boss is uh, one of the most powerful people on the planet. Yes. Uh, and the person you're Other chastising is the second most powerful person <laughs> on the planet. Yeah. So, I mean, it is definitely takes a lot of courage for these bishops to stand up and but do something. But what is truth if it doesn't have concrete value, right? If it doesn't mean something, the, the, what does it mean to receive worthily the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ when St. Paul warns us not to receive it unworthily because it could be our condemnation to death? One of my favorite prayers, I think it's from St. Thomas Aquinas, prior to uh, to receiving communion at Mass, when I read it out of my missal, is exhorting me to let this vanquish all of my sin. Let this be to me a, a, like a, a building a saving up. plea unto forgiveness. Yes, and it's like, this means something, and if it doesn't, then why bother? going to church at all mm-hmm. what is the, like if there's no truth here what's the point if this is just some uh good nice thing that we're all just doing together it's like it just that doesn't make any sense to me it it really is a frustrating experience rudy it certainly sets the optics too um 
you know, a lot of these things that are taking place, like the Joe Biden meeting, the uh, meeting with Nancy Pelosi, um, it's it sort of sets the precedence where now you're not even allowed to talk about this. You know, you're not allowed to say, well, maybe these people should not receive Holy Communion because yeah. of their public state of sin. Right. Now it empowers them. Right. I mean, yeah. how, how now they're not going to they're not going to back off of their commitment to, as the pope says, murder of children in the womb. Pope's own words. Uh, they're probably going to double down on it. We're going to see even more support for abortion and abortion rights, which, by the way. So that's an article out of the pillar. You can read it for yourself, but it's it's clear what's going to happen at the USCCB meeting. But let's transition uh, to this LifeNews.com article. The headline goes, a Catholic university is hosting a Planned Parenthood fundraiser, and alumni are not happy. Praise be to God for that. Oh, I actually thought this was a different university, so I'm glad I didn't go down that road too far, because here's what the article says. Alumni of a California Catholic university. I was under the impression that this was uh, Catholic University of America. I was completely wrong. The article says, alumni of a Catholic, uh, California Catholic University are urging the school to cancel a fundraiser that is hosting for the billion-dollar abortion chain Planned Parenthood later this week. Alumni uh, uh, said the event at Loyola Marymount University would be an egregious violation of LMU's Jesuit Catholic identity. She recently began a petition uh, urging university leaders to call off the fundraiser, quote, founded by the eugenicist and virulent anti-black racist Margaret Sanger, Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion provider in the United States and has been caught red-handed in the illegal sale of fetal tissues and has been complicit in sex trafficking, unquote, Stevenson said. She quoted Pope Francis, who has compared aborting an unborn baby to hiring a hitman to commit murder. Quote, it is, is it right to eliminate, to take a human life, to say, to solve a problem? Un, uh, she goes on to say, it is right to, is it, oh, this is the Pope speaking, forgive me. Is it right to hire a hitman to solve a problem? That's what abortion is. Think about that for a second. Now, Rudy, you're from California, so we're going to hold you accountable during this okay. conversation. Okay. <laughs> what is going down? At this Jesuit school. I mean, you remember back in the good old day when uh, Jesuit schools had great reputations for teaching the faith and high academic excellence. Now we're getting Planned Parenthood fundraisers? Well, I can tell you that this particular uh, college in California has always been sort of a little bit liberal. I remember personally uh, going to uh, uh, an art show maybe about 10, 12 years ago, that was a feminist art show, and I never really expected it to be something that would take place in a Catholic school. <laughs> you know, it's, I saw this really funny meme uh, the other day, and it was just uh, it was a it was just a screenshot from a Catholic university, a Jesuit Catholic university, and on it the the university advertises itself as we are Jesuit and we're Catholic. And I just thought that was the funniest thing because like they have one doesn't apply the other. <laughs> it's like well, yeah, yeah, don't worry, we're Jesuit, but we're also yeah. Catholic. Don't worry. <laughs> Should we read between the lines on that? I right, mean, like, exactly. How far does one go to to? Hmm. So are you saying sometimes you're not Catholic? Right. But you are Jesuit, of course. <laughs> we're always Jesuit, and we're sometimes Catholic. Right. Yeah. There we go. I mean, it just boggles the mind that we would embrace these things, you know. And it kills me because a lot, too often we use the term charity to make 
make excuses for this behavior, right? Oh, you need to be charitable. Because I was accused of that the other day for calling out the Biden-Pope Francis meeting and being scandalized by that. And you're like, well, you lack charity. You lack charity. It's an embrace of evil. As the Pope says, it's murder in the womb, hiring a hitman. Well, he had the chief hitman right across from him who is helping to funnel our tax dollars to pay for the murder of all these ch- children, fighting against the Texas SB8 bill, which might, br- might bring back uh, abortion to the state of Texas, thanks to Brett Kavanaugh and, and, uh, and, and Barrett and, and all the other quote, conservative Supreme Court justices, you know, it just boggles the mind. How do we continue to make excuses under the guise, the label of charity, when it is, in fact, lacking charity? Charity for the souls. What about the souls? Exactly, Joe. And, and that's a really important distinction to make. Charity doesn't mean that you're, you're just being a nice guy, you know, trademark, nice guy. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, we try don't, and don't ask everybody. my wife for kids. Don't ask them. Don't fact check me. <laughs> or his producer. Or you can ask my producer. Who you know? Who cares what producers think? Right. Ouch. Right. <laughs> well, you try and say everything with tact. You know, and and certainly when you approach this situation, tact is very important. But charity is more important than that. And the fact of the matter is, is that there are children on the line here. So everything that we do to speak out against this grave evil is to protect these children. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone the the race the racism issue. I mean, like oh. the talk of the day is all racism all the time, and Planned Parenthood's history is literally founded in eugenics and racism. And I guess that gets a pass. Billion dollar nonprofit organization needs a fundraiser on a Catholic university. All right, well there you go, folks. There's the news. There we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. More breaking news and stories headed your way. Unfortunate news for the Houston Astros. <laughs> that's coming your way. And our conversation with Rodney Scott about the border situation. All that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. A popular objection to Jesus' resurrection is that it's merely a ripoff of pagan myths about resurrected deities. Should this be a cause of alarm? I don't think so, for a couple of reasons. First, Christians couldn't have copied from pagan myths because the idea of resurrection as a new embodied life after death was foreign to the pagan worldview. Recall how the Athenians scoffed at Paul's preaching on the resurrection in Acts 17. Second, the majority of the alleged parallels are bogus. The deities never really rise from the dead. The spirit of the Greek god Attis entered into a pine tree after his death, and the Egyptian god Osiris merely reigned as king of the underworld. So to my Christian friends, no need to fret. Our belief in Jesus' resurrection didn't come from pagan myths. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean, and here are your headline news. The Hammer and Braves win the first World Series crown since 1995 and rout the Houston Astros. Oof, that was a rough one. 
Washington Times reports Winsome Sears makes history as first African-American woman in Virginia to win statewide race. With 95% of the precincts reporting, Ms. Sears, a former House of Delegates member and a former U.S. Marine, praise be to God, won 51.1% of the vote to her Democrat opponent, 48.7%. The last election Ms. Sears won was 20 years ago in her Hampton Roads Assembly District. She previously made history as the first veteran black Republican woman to serve in the House of Delegates. She captured she captured the lieutenant governor's post on the GOP ticket led by Glenn Youngkin, a former private equity CEO who also won the gubernatorial election in Virginia. Above her name is the phrase, quote, battle-tested conservative, Semperfy. <laughs> Semperfy. Epic Times reports Texas governor asked school board group to remove pornographic content from school libraries. Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Monday called on the state's school board organization to remove books that contain, quote, extremely inappropriate, unquote, content from school libraries, citing growing outrage among parents. The parents are, quote, rightfully angry, unquote, the governor noted, adding that they have the right to shield their children from obscene content used in schools. The TASB said it doesn't have the regulatory authority over school districts, neither does it set the standards of what books should be in their libraries. State Rep. State Rep. Matt Krause, the chairman of the House Committee on General Investigating, asked public school districts to report possession of a list of over 840 books. The 16-page list includes titles that are popular among social and uh, racial justice activists. Also on the list are books focusing on transgender, gender identity, homosexuality, adolescent sexuality, pregnancy, and abortion, including those discussing the Supreme Court ruling on Roe v. Wade. School districts will have until November the 12th to respond to those questions. Fox News reports Minneapolis voters reject measure to replace police department. Voters in Minnesota's largest city have rejected what would have been an unprecedented move to dismantle the police department on Tuesday after calls for reform following the death of George Floyd. The measure asked voters if they favored amending the city's charter to replace the Minneapolis Police Department with a Department of Public Safety. The initiative would have removed language from the charter related to the agency, including minimum funding requirements, and would have divided control of public safety between the mayor and the city council. The question failed 57% to 44%. Epic Times reports Border Patrol could face shortages after agents, uh, over agents, and the vaccine mandate. While hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants crossed the southern border in the worst immigration crisis in the nation's history, the federal government could soon face a shortage of United States Border Patrol agents due to a COVID-19 vaccine mandate deadline on November the 22nd. The Border Patrol has been encountering about 7,000 illegal immigrants a day on average for months, according to Tom Homan, who served as acting director of ICE during President Donald Trump's administration. U.S. Customs and Border Protection has reported nearly 1.7 million encounters with illegal aliens in 2021 fiscal year, but Homan said he expects that number to reach 1.9 million. In Southern California, a reliable source close to the Border Patrol told Epic Times that agents are afraid to speak out about the federal employee vaccine mandate. And those are your headline news. 
Praise be to God in all things. Rodney Scott is the former chief of Customs Border Protection, and he is with us to talk about this uh, situation on our border and all of its uh, all of its uh, difficult aspects. Good morning to you, Mr. Scott. Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for having me on. Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts, and we are grateful for your time today. And thank you for your service uh, as well. Uh, nearly three decades serving our country. We're so grateful to you. Now, I really appreciate that. And just to clarify, I was the chief of the United States Border Patrol. It's a subcomponent within Customs and Border Protection uh, responsible for in between the ports of entry. Thank you. Uh, thank you for clarifying for that. Can you give us, what is the assessment today? Our current border crisis, our current border security protection, what, what, what are we looking at? I think most, most of us reading the news, we're not experts at this. We don't fully understand all the details and what's going on, and we're not sure what to think in some ways. Can you tell us what is our current status? Yeah, so the, the crisis is actually a good term for it today. Um, and I want to make sure your, your listeners understand, because a lot of people, when they hear border security or border in general, they picture something in their head. Some start thinking about narcotics. Some start thinking about immigration. Um, and I just want to make sure they know they can't compartmentalize that. Uh, today, the border security, especially along our southwest border, is at probably the lowest level that I've seen it in my entire career. Uh, and that just basically means that, that we can't control who and what is coming into our home. And uh, simple analogy, border security really is just like your home. We just expect people to come to the front, front door, announce themselves, and, uh, and, and enter. If they try to enter in any other way, uh, that's, that's a problem. And right now, we have thousands of people pouring into our home uh, pretty much unfettered. The immigration aspect takes a lot of paperwork, a lot of time. It's, it's, it's humans. You know, you've got to, you're going to deal with them. It's responsibility, but that opens up huge sections of the border. Uh, where there's no agents left and the cartel are just running fentanyl, cocaine, uh, and, and criminal aliens that, that don't want to get fingerprinted through those open areas. And that's a real threat. It's a threat to national security right now, without question. The numbers seem really large. It's like it's hard to wrap our minds around how it's possible. The report I just read claimed 7,000 contacts per day. Is is that true? So the, the I, I'm... I've been out since August, uh, but when I left in August, it was not unusual to have 6,000 upwards towards 7,000 on a day. Um, and, and again, just think about how much attention this recent caravan has gotten. Uh, it's about 3,000, depends on the number that, that you believe. Um, but that's a couple of caravans every single day hitting our southwest border. Uh, and that's not just one location either. That's spread out across the southwest border. Uh, but that overwhelms the agents once the agents are dealing with those large numbers. And a lot of those, not all, but a lot of those currently are family groups. They're leveraging uh, some loopholes, some programs the Biden administration shut down uh, to get access to the U.S. That overwhelms the agents and then just opens up huge sections for the cartel uh, to just take advantage of and bring in whatever they want. You know, that makes me think we, we spoke to a couple uh, U.S. border agents a couple times. And one thing that I'm thinking of is the same thing that's happening with the police department all across America where they're being overwhelmed. And so they're like, you know, we don't have the manpower to even uh, try to solve this problem. So we're going to back off or else we're going to get hurt and we're going to have to use more force since we don't have the numbers to take on the task. Is this a similar problem that's happening on the border or is this not? Uh, what's the case there? It, it is a similar problem. And, and I try to stay out of the politics, but reality is it did change uh, on January 20th. 
Um, there's also no top cover, if you will. There's no support. The policies are in place that allow the agents to do their jobs. The laws are in place. But currently, the administration does not support border security, and the agents are very timid uh, about taking any actions to actually prevent an illegal entry. Uh, so most of them, and then right now, really, there's staffing shortages. We were already defunded before I left. Wow. Uh, Border Patrol used to be 21,370. Uh, Congress defunded them down to 19,555. Uh, but now with the vaccine mandate, they're looking at, at the projections vary dramatically, uh, but they're looking at losing up to 10,000 agents, according to current uh, current projections or the, the agents that have currently stated they're willing to take the vaccine. Wow, this is uh, very difficult to to just wrap our heads around. I mean, it's hard to get involved in this conversation and not weigh in on politics or and or speculate about people's intentions because we're all left with the same questions. Why? Why? Why would we want any of these policies in place today that are leaving us so vulnerable? There's a story out. The Epic Times reported on it about cartels in Oregon running marijuana farms with slave labor. That is American soil. That it's and the local sheriff there is apparently reporting that this is widespread in Oregon and I assume other parts of our great country. Yeah, that's accurate. It's not just Oregon. These are the stories that that uh, literally kind of get lost when you start talking about the border only as an immigration thing or only as a cross-border smuggling of narcotics, or whatever else. When I was the chief in San Diego, we had an entire operation uh, w- with FBI and with DEA. Uh, we uncovered an alien smuggling organization that most people would think were just you know economic migrants. But they were very intentionally being smuggled in to manage marijuana grows on national uh, land, on Forest Service land and national parks hidden all over the place. Uh, but they were bringing in the labor and they were bringing in illegal chemicals uh, to, to take care of the, uh, those, to the marijuana plants, if you will. And that's all over. A lot of it's more in the West, but I've heard of the same thing happening up in Wisconsin and Minnesota. Uh, these are real threats to the communities. I'd like to point out, too, a lot of people think about the borders as far away distance place. It's a transit zone. Nothing that's crossing that border stays in that border zone. The border cities, a lot of them are some of the safest cities in the U.S. because there's a high level of law enforcement in those areas. All these threats are going to your town, if you're listening, your city, your community. Uh, Just get online. When was the last time there was a fentanyl death within 25, 30 miles of you? That came across from Mexico. We don't have big fentanyl labs in the U.S. Wow. Well, we're, we're coming up to a break right now. We're talking with Rodney Scott. He is a uh, former uh, chief of the U.S. Uh, Customs and Border Patrol and uh, having a tough conversation about our situation on the border. After this short break, I want to talk about the morale of the agents who have to fight this war when nobody supports them. I want to talk about that and a lot more. All that's coming up right after this very short break. Do us a favor and uh, share us with a friend. Catholic Drive Time will be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well, G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. 
This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made, it's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. Our guest is Rodney Scott, recently retired from U.S. Customs and Border Protection, and uh, he was the chief. And uh, we're having a conversation about our current border situation. You know, uh, Mr. Scott, welcome back to the program. We all remember that story that broke. Was it, Has it been about a month ago when the, uh, the agents on horseback were accused of whipping these migrants coming across the border? I imagine that we've seen reports with police department walkouts, the military's the morale military is now very, very low. I can imagine with these agents on the border having to fight an uphill battle with overwhelming odds with no support from the top. Why do they get up and do this? Why do they keep going? They, keep, they get up and they keep going because of that flag that's kind of waving in the background if, you're, uh, if you have video today. Uh, the mission is more important than the individual politics. The mission of the U.S. Border Patrol has existed since this country was established. And that's important to those people, although the freedoms of this country stands for. The morale is, is very, very um, low right now. I don't know of another word to say. It's pretty much it's horrendous. It's worse than I've ever seen it. I still talk to a lot of guys. Uh, seeing the, the leadership of DHS and even the president, unfortunately, uh, throw due process out the window and then jump to conclusions and make some horrible accusations against the agents really did hurt the morale. Uh, but I would encourage your viewers, more important to, to the agents each day is the community support. Uh, society has gotten so divided currently. Uh, some of the agents, uh, agents that I even know, even even in church, are having some some hard debates with people that don't understand border security that have gotten sucked into the the politics of it instead of the common sense aspects of, of securing your country, securing your home. And uh, so, to the extent that that your listeners can actually show support, uh, reach out to law enforcement in general, but especially anybody in Border Patrol currently. Uh, it, it's very helpful. Uh, there's a lot of, of rhetoric out there that makes it sound like having borders is evil. Uh, and for the, for your audience here, I, I grew up in a Christian family, and uh, I was reminded once that uh, the first borders and the first deportation were recorded in Genesis. They were not man's idea. Mm. So having rules and establishing borders, it's not inherently evil. But right now, if you listen to a lot of the rhetoric, people make it sound like, like it is. Amen. And I, I think people forget that the uh, when you get to the pearly gates, there are, in fact, gates. <laughs> and uh, yeah. St. Peter is, uh, is Border Patrol right there. Uh, so yeah. there you go. 
But no, yes, absolutely. I think that's a very important point that we need to make. Um, I mean, I'm sure you got it all the time where people were coming after you saying what you're doing is evil and things like that. How did you respond to people whenever they started attacking you and not in a in an argumentative way saying, hey, I just disagree with your policies, but attacking your person? Yeah, you know what? I, I actually dealt with that quite often. It's kind of how I ended up uh, here. Uh, when I was a chief out in San Diego, um, I, I've discovered a couple of religious organizations that were bringing students down to the border and basically only exposing them to one side of the debate and, and teaching them that it, the border security, any type of immigration controls was a sin. Um, I reached out to those individuals, uh, some of them are college professors, and started opening a dialogue with them and got them to actually expose the students to Christians with a different worldview uh, and, and just having that dialogue without insulting each other. Uh, and just talking about, you know, facts and, and broadening their view and letting them know that it's not as simple as, hey, we want to help everybody. There's a lot of ways to help people without having to open borders. And, and um, who are the people really not who are getting, border not patrol? Who are the people who are the Border Patrol agents? I mean, um, a lot of people just have this idea that Border Patrol agents are these evil white guys who just want to be uh, wicked to uh, poor immigrants coming through. Uh, so who are these people who are signing up to be Border Patrol yeah, and that stereotype couldn't be more wrong. Over 51, I think last time I, when I left, about 52% of the U.S. Border Patrol is actually Hispanic. Uh, the U.S. Border Patrol agents come from across the entire nation. There are men, uh, there are women, there are a ton of uh, first or second generation immigrants. Uh, matter of fact, that a lot of those guys really are the most passionate because their families, you know, they came legally. They came from places where they actually understood what persecution meant for real. And they know how important it is to provide asylum to people that need it. And then when they see these massive numbers of people basically lying and committing fraud to cut the line, uh, it kind of irritates them on the immigration side. But but really, the Border Patrol agent is your neighbor. They live in the same community. They're soccer coaches. Uh, some of them are helping with after-school activities. They're involved in the church. Uh, they're leading youth groups. Uh, that You name it. It's a cross-cut of society. But what ties them together is they care and they signed up to serve. They signed up to give back to America and try to protect their their family members here in the U.S., meaning everyone, not just their immediate family. Rodney Scott's our guest. He is the former U.S. Customs and Border Protection Chief, and uh, like I said we're having a conversation about the border crisis, the situation. It's something you said a minute ago, uh, and something I've heard you say, especially on the Fox News interview you did um, a month or so ago, whatever that was, um, that really stood out to me, and that is about the people we're trying to help and the myth that we need to be open to everyone, no matter what, under any circumstance, and so opening our borders. Well, what one of the things that strikes me about this argument is where, like even in the Catholic Church, I have never heard a homily that said the coyotes that are enslaving these people and, and abusing them in the deserts and, and taking thousands and thousands of dollars from their, their families uh, and then you know putting them into the sex slave trade in America and all these other abuses. I never heard a homily preached, or a sermon preached against that. I've, it just seems like uh, we give a pass, we turn a blind eye to this criminal activity. How can we possibly help those who actually need asylum versus those who are being uh, used in manipulative ways uh, when we are being codependent with criminal activity? And that's a great question. Uh, we worked on that a lot of my entire career. Um, it's, a, it's controversial. It shouldn't be. 
But basically, the migrant protection protocols, or more commonly called Remain in Mexico, was a program where we found a way to ensure due process without giving away the ultimate prize before a judge got to decide if someone could be allowed in the U.S. What that basically meant was someone coming across the border that was going to claim asylum, but they were not afraid of Mexico. They were afraid of some other country. Uh, we worked with the Mexican government, and they would have to wait for their day in court in Mexico. Uh, as soon as the court date came, we'd pick them up, take them to court. And they would get to see a judge, so they got their due process. But 90% of those cases were fraud. They were economic migrants. They were they were they had been taught, unfortunately, by some NGOs, non-governmental organizations, you know, certain phrases to say to get past the first phase so they could get into the U.S. and disappear. The minute we weeded out that 90% of the fraud, that meant those court systems, those asylum officers, and those immigration those, uh, citizenship and immigration officers, they were freed up to actually focus on true asylum claims and actually provide assistance to people. When you have four to 6,000 fraudulent claims a day, just think about time. How much time do you have to dedicate to do deep dive interviews? Uh, the other piece of that is the children that are at risk. Right now, if you have a child and you cross the border, that's kind of like your free ticket because we can't detain you uh, and the families get released. Well, that's encouraged basically what we call rent-a-kid and killed children are being recycled, false families are being created. When you're, when you're dealing with 20, 30, maybe even 100 people a day, you can do a deep dive interview and figure out if that kid is afraid or if they really match. When you're dealing with thousands, agents simply don't have the time to do that in-depth interview to really figure out if that child belongs to that family or not. It's Those tragic. are the things that, that, that people miss. Because we, as Christians, we want to help those who, who need our help. We have an obligation, the Lord talks about it, especially in the Old Testament, to care for your stranger in your midst. And yet we are, we are essentially enabling criminal activity on a large, grand scale, and it's the people that we're supposed to be helping that are caught in the mix that are continue to be abused and hurt, and we're not helping anybody. We're only hurting things. Uh, it just seems I, I agree, and I crazy. think one thing that gets missed here as well is most of the countries we're talking about, the massive numbers, they're, they're, those societies are open to religion. Most of them are Christian societies. A lot of them have deep Catholic roots. They can worship in their own country. We're not talking about religious we're, uh, persecution. We're talking about economic migrants. And most of those countries, Americans can easily go to, and the dollar goes a lot farther. There's a lot of ways that we can help these people without putting them in harm's way. And I would even argue this is a little political, but I would argue helping them fix their own countries is a lot longer term solution than just thinking you're going to, you know, have 100 or 200, you know, come to the U.S. and the thousands that are left behind and the thousands that are injured, hurt or or worse on the journey here. So uh, I understand the strategy is overwhelm uh, some points along the border. All the resources go to that point and then it leaves huge sections of the border wide open for the cartels to do as they wish. Human sex slave trade or drugs or whatever. Is that the case? That's the case. And it's, it's taking place every day. I'll just give you one example. I think almost all of America saw you brought it up. Uh, when the when the 30,000, 15 to 30,000 uh, Haitian migrants and many other countries as well uh, crossed in Del Rio, uh, that resulted in several hundred miles east and west of Del Rio being completely abandoned by U.S. Border Patrol, wow. basically handed over to the cartel. And the other thing I want to touch on, too, is we keep talking about or I keep talking about even Mexico, the Northern Triangle, South America. 
Last year, U.S. Border Patrol arrested people illegally entering this country from over 150 different nations. Mm. And there were several people in those groups that were on the known and suspected terrorist list. There was over 10,000 criminals. There are, there are serious threats mixed in there. And, and you literally, like, when, when, when you have these huge sections of border that are open, the almost 400,000 documented gotaways, who do you think was in that group? Yeah. I don't know, but they're right. not at the border anymore. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's something else you've said on the interviews is we don't have a way to know the criminal history of anybody from Yemen right now uh, or any of these other countries. And uh, that's who's coming across that border undocumented. And uh, who knows who's getting away with it. But we're almost out of time here. Uh, I guess we have about 60 seconds. Oh, no, we're out of time. On That music means we've got to go. Unfortunately, I was going to ask another question. We'll have to have you back. Rodney Scott, once again, thank you for your service to our country. We're very grateful to you, and especially for uh, speaking for so many agents that are afraid to talk publicly right now about these difficult topics. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for supporting those agents. I'll be back anytime you want. Thanks. Praise be to God. God bless you. Have a great day. And that is going to do it for our number one of Catholic Drive Time. You can find this on our podcast feed as well. And we'll post the video of this on our YouTube channel and other social platforms. So you can find everything linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. In the next hour, if you can join us, we'd love to have you. We have some good news stories, praise be to God, to share with you, plus our game show, prizes, and the after show with casual conversation with you, the audience, all that still to come. We'll see you there, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. some friends who are Catholic who say that you don't have to believe everything that the church teaches, whether it's in the catechism or not. Is that true? No, it's not true. If you want to call yourself Catholic, but you want to pick and choose for yourself which of the church's teachings to accept and which to reject, you give everyone else who calls himself Catholic the right to do the same thing. For example, you believe women should be priests. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1577, it states, Only a baptized man validly receives ordination. For this reason, the ordination of women is not possible. You don't believe that. Well, that's fine. I just made this a catechism of your Catholic Church, but not mine. But remember, if you can throw doctrines out, so can everyone else who calls himself Catholic. That gives Joe Parishioner over at St. Doubting Thomas Catholic Church the right to throw out the church's social justice teachings. He doesn't feel like feeding the hungry, caring for the poor, and all that other bleeding heart stuff. Paragraphs 2401 to 2463. I just made this a catechism of his Catholic Church, but not mine. You believe contraception is okay. Paragraph 2370 says contraception is intrinsically evil. Joe Parishioner doesn't like what the church teaches on the death penalty. Paragraphs 2364 to 65. You don't like what it teaches on these pages, pages 505 to 508. He doesn't like what it teaches on these other pages here, pages 610 to 615. Can you see what's happening? I heard it said once that there is a shortage of vocations to the priesthood in the United States, but no shortage of vocations to the papacy. 
If we don't believe in all of it, if we each appoint ourselves Pope and throw out a doctrine here or a doctrine there, then our faith is no longer Catholic. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is like halfway there through the week already. It seems like, whew, I guess having Monday off will do that. It's like, where did the time go? But it's it's already Wednesday. We just had a great conversation with Rodney Scott, former chief of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, about the very difficult and severe crisis that's happening on our nation's border right now. We're going to post that conversation to our YouTube channel and Facebook and Odyssey and Rumble and all those other places, which, by the way, everything is linked up. On our website, to include the podcast, you can also watch the live video feed there, you can chat live there, and you can get the rules of our game show and the phone number. Everything is listed on the website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Praise be to Jesus. We do have a special guest in the studio today. Rudy from the GladTrad podcast, who was our guest on Monday, is live in studio. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. You were just on the show Monday, although did the whole interview get played, Adrian? Because we did have a hiccup. I am not sure if it did, but if you did not get to hear the entirety of the interview, it is currently on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook page, on our Rumble channel, and on Odyssey. So check out that uh, grnonline.com forward slash CDT to find the links to all those places. If you miss that interview, it was a great interview. We talked about All Saints Day and how you can get indulgences for your family uh, and for our loved ones in purgatory. So praise be to God. Speaking of hiccups, Adrian Fonsick is here on the ones and twos. Yeah, there you go. That's me. There you go. <laughs> I couldn't, uh, I guess. Hiccups, you know. Speaking of indulgences, Rudy, uh, so you flew out here last night on uh, November the 2nd. Are you still going to make um, be able to hit a, a, a cemetery on the this week? You have, what, eight days, I think? Absolutely. And if you missed the, the interview, you can check it out on YouTube, as you mentioned. But uh, the, the uh, indulgences that you can gain have been extended throughout the whole month of November. Oh, really? Yeah. So you can go to a cemetery every single day. But it only counts once, right? You only get once one. No, well, you, Adrian, didn't you? We talked so, about this yesterday. Yeah, yeah. We, we didn't talk about it on air. We, I, we talked about it afterwards. I found Father Crean OP, you know, Dominicans because they're the best. Uh, just saying, just saying. I don't make the rules. I don't <laughs> make the rules. Here we go. I roll time. Uh, the, uh, Father Crean, he put out saying that from his understanding of the extension to all of November, it means mm-hmm. that you can 
extend the eight days because normally we have the octave of hollow tide from all Hall- uh, from Halloween or to All Saints Day mm. or eight days after. And those days you can receive indulgence. And okay. he's saying his understanding is that those eight days can be used any day in November. So you uh-huh. can have eight any eight days in November. You can go visit a cemetery. Well, but you don't get you don't get eight opportunities at an indulgence. You do. You do get eight, but, but only one indulgence. One. No. 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 You get eight, you can get up to eight indulgences. Oh. Okay, uh, that's the sometime, clarity I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, so you can get up to eight indulgences during the month of November, any day in November. Where normally you can get one a day every day for the first eight days. This is starting to feel a lot like when I got my breviary for the first time. <laughs> it's know, totally clear, dude. Like, I know what you're talking about. It's okay, totally clear. Totally the, clear. Depending on the temperature and the barometric pressure, you turn to page one thousand seven hundred and forty-two. <laughs> you did buy your barometric pressure reader, but whenever like, you bought your missile, right? All right, I'm lost already. <laughs> Whatever. Should I go to a? Should I go pray at a cemetery? I guess that's the only question I should ask. Yes, go Absolutely. pray at a cemetery. Yes. Pray for the dead at a cemetery. All right. Well, praise be to God, and you'll have that opportunity, I guess, with your family. Oh yes, yeah. I'm gonna make sure when, to go, and that makes more sense to yeah. have eight opportunities in November. So. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. they let you out of California for a day. I know, right? I mean, being a prison that it is. Well, I had to sneak out from the border. <laughs> <laughs> Which I hear is quite easy these days. It was, it was so, very easy. <laughs> I tease. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, California is a beautiful state. It's just unfortunate how it's run. Other than that, uh, we're glad to have you in the studio today. We do have good news this hour. Praise be to God. That's coming up. And then, of course, we have uh, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. Hopefully, we'll get some commentary in. And then we play our game, Fear and Trembling. All of that is coming up in this hour. It's going to be a lot of fun. And your chances to win a cool prize pack from some, uh, lo- some in our case, local, but not always local, uh, Catholic small businesses that give us prizes to give to you. Your opportunity is coming up again you can find the rules, the phone number, and everything listed on our website. Praise be to God. Let's jump in with some prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news story for today. Life News reports court rules in favor of nurse who was fired because she's pro-life. An Illinois trial court ruled last week that a pediatric nurse was wrongfully forced out of her job for declining to assist with or refer for abortion or abortifacient contraceptives. The 17th Judicial Circuit Court in uh, in Winnebago, Cal- Winnebago County, forgive me, ruled in favor of Sandra Rojas, who sought protection under the Illinois Healthcare Right of Conscious Act, bringing a favorable result to her lawsuit initially filed in 2016 against the Winnebago County Health Department. Rojas worked as a pediatric nurse for the department for 18 years before they enacted a new requirement forcing nurses to undergo training on how to refer women to abortion facilities and help them access abortifacient contraceptives, actions that violated Rojas's religious beliefs and conscience. Alliance Defending Freedom Attorneys served as co-counsel for Rojas along with lead counsel Noel Sterrett of Dalton and Tomich. 
one of more than 3,500 attorneys allied with ADF. Quote, medical professionals should never be forced to engage or promote activities that violate their belief or convictions, unquote, said ADF legal counsel Elisa Graves. She goes on to say, Sandra found it, found her calling serving as a pediatric nurse, helping children overcome health obstacles and lead a fulfilling life. She chose to practice medicine according to her conscience and religion, a right from medical providers that is protected under Illinois and federal law. Yet the Winnebago County Health Department wrongfully forced her out of a job when she declined to participate in abortion-related services. The court's ruling protects Sandra's freedom to practice medicine and care for her young patients in a manner consistent with her conscience and religious beliefs. Praise be to God, that is good news. And that is your good news for today. The saint of the day is St. Martin de Porres. He was born in Lima, Peru on December 9th, 1579. Martin was a, the illegitimate son to the Spanish gentleman and a freed slave from Panama of African or possibly Native American descent. At a young age, Martin's father abandoned him, his mother, and his younger sister, leaving Martin to grow up in deep poverty. After spending just two years in primary school, Martin was placed with a barber-slash-surgeon where he would learn to cut hair in the medical arts. When Martin was 15 years old, he asked for admission into the Dominican convent, as every wise person does, of uh, the rosary in Lima and was received as a servant boy and eventually was moved up to the church, office, uh, church officer in charge of distributing money to the deserving poor. During his time in the convent, Martin took on his old trades of barbering and healing. He also worked in the kitchen, did laundry, and cleaned. And after eight more years with the Holy Rosary, Martin was granted the privilege to take his vows as a member of the Third Order of St. Dominic by the prior Juan de la Ranzana, who decided to disregard the law restricting Martin based on race. Martin grew to become a Dominican lay brother in 1603 at the age of 24. Ten years later, after he had been presented with the religious habit of a lay brother, Martin was assigned to the infirmary where he would remain in charge until his death. Martin's life reflected his great love for God and all of God's gifts. It is said he had many extraordinary abilities, including aerial flights, bilocation, instant cures, miraculous knowledge, spiritual knowledge, and an excellent relationship with animals. I definitely don't have that last one. Martin also founded an orphanage for abandoned children and slaves and is known for raising dowries for young girls in short amounts of time. During an epidemic in Lima, many of the friars in the convent of the Rosary became very ill. Locked away in a distant section of the convent, they were kept away from the professed. However, on more than one occasion, Martin passed through the locked doors to care for the sick. However, he became disciplined for not following the rules of the convent. But after replying, forgive my error and please instruct me, for I did not know that the precepts of obedience took precedence over that of charity. He was, he was then given full liberty to follow his heart in mercy. After his death, the miracle was received when he was invoked in such greatness that when he was exhumed 25 years later, his body excelled a splendid fragrance and he was still intact. He, di he died November 3rd, 1639, after a year of intense illness, was beatified in 1837 by Pope Gregory XVI, and canonized in 1962 by Pope John XXIII. St. Martin de Porres, 
pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they came together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Origen said, All who thus ask questions of any teacher to try to try him and not to learn of him, we must regard as brethren of this Pharisee. Yikes. Origen goes on to say, He said, Master, tempting him, for none but a disciple would thus address Christ. Whoever then does not learn of the word, nor yields himself wholly up to it, yet calls it master, he is brother to this Pharisee, thus tempting Christ. Perhaps while they read the law before the Savior's coming, it was a question among them which was the greatest commandment in it, nor would the Pharisee have asked this, if it had not been long time inquired among themselves, but never found till Jesus came and declared it. Do we ask questions because we want to grow deeper in knowledge and faith? Or do we ask questions to tempt and to try and to disprove? That's a good question. Adrian, what did you find? Oh, my goodness. Cornelius Lapide had a lot to say here. And two things I want to just focus on real quickly. One is love of God and love of neighbor. And one being that the love of God is primary. What does that mean exactly? Well, why is it you say, okay, we have all these things that we have to do, right? We have to go to Mass on Sunday. We have to do, uh, we have to offer sacrifice. We have to offer penance. We should pray the rosary. All these things, we should care for the poor. All these things that we have to do. What is primary? Primary is love of God. And Cornelius Lapide says, this is the queen of the virtues uh, for uh, the religious life. Why? Because if you love God with true charity, then you will necessarily follow the precepts of the law. Because what does our Lord say? He says, uh, if you love me, you will keep my commands. So if you have true charity for God, then you will keep his commands. And the second is like unto it, right? Why is that? Because you have to love neighbor is a precept that comes underneath love of God. And if you do not love God, then you cannot love your neighbor. It's not possible. And as Cornelius Lapide makes this very clear, loving your neighbor is infinitely less important than loving God because God is so much more perfect and such a greater being that your love of him should be primary, which is why we can see throughout the history of the church that these great sisters, these convent, the nuns that are locked away in a convent, never see the light of day. Nobody knows who they are. No one knows their names. Those are going to be the greatest saints in the kingdom of heaven because their love of God is primary and their love of neighbor is there. Absolutely. But it's not necess- does not necessarily follow that with the physical charities of going out and feeding the poor. Why? Because the love of God must always be primary and that should lead us into all of our other actions. Every action that we take, every good deed that we do should come forth out of the Holy Sacrifice and Mass, out of that love of God that's present in the Incarnation. 
I think that's what we do. Amen. Praise be to God. All right. It is time to play our game, Fear and Trembling, and we have an opportunity to get you, dear listener, in on the prize pack this week so you could win. And here's the kicker. You don't need to know the answers to win our game. You could win without ever knowing a single correct answer. It's that much fun and easy. All you need to do is make a phone call, and the phone lines are open right now at 877-757-9424. Call right now at 877-757-9424. Choking on my coffee here. 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor. What I'm about to tell you, do not share with anybody. Okay? Deal? Pinky swear? But I'm going to tell you that there are a few things that we like to do, you know, behind the scenes, in secret. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something you did not know before. And uh, praise be to God for that, right? And then, of course, we like to have a laugh, and our callers tend to be a good time. They tend to laugh with us. They are good sports. We really enjoy that part. And we give out prizes, which kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, if you're just joining us, here's the kicker. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me. And these 
not bad. These are fairly straightforward, I would say. There's only one tricky one. Okay, out of all three, two are easy, one kind of tricky. But either way, uh, you don't need to know any of the answers to be a winner in this game. You could not know a single one and still win because I don't ask a caller. I instead ask Janice and I ask Adrian, one of which will be right and the other will be wrong. At least seven-eighths of the time. Anyway, but I I digress. Okay, so every right answer, because the caller is going to have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Janice or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Janice, good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Yes. And what prizes Um, are at stake this week? Yeah, our game show sponsor for Catholic Drive Time this week is His Girl Sunday by Stephanie Aquila. His Girl Sunday is giving away an Advent printable bundle that is a beautiful printable bundle for any wife or mother uh, or anyone who is looking to prepare their household liturgically for the upcoming Advent season. The Advent printable bundle includes a kitchen workbook, a liturgical season meal plan, with a grocery list, a a Seasons of Light Liturgical Living Companion, and an Advent Wreath Prayer Companion. If you win the prize, the Advent Printable Bundle will be emailed to you directly. His Girl Sunday is a Catholic small business that is dedicated to celebrating Catholic liturgical living in homes. Stephanie Aquila creates goods that offer help to Catholics who want to pursue living a liturgical lifestyle in their homes and helps bring joy to many families. You can learn more about her by visiting her website, www.hisgirlsunday.com. And also, she just emailed me letting me know that she just uh, launched a new Instagram account. Uh, You can find her on Instagram at at Stephanie His Girl Sunday, and I wanted to uh, excuse myself for yesterday. I think I I think I said His Sunday Girl, and it's actually His Girl Sunday. So make sure the girl is before nice. Sunday. I get um, where she's going yeah. with that. His, you get it. His Girl Sunday dot com. Yes. I think is the website. All right, praise be to God. Thank you, His Girl Sunday dot com, for your generous sponsorship of our game show. Let's go to the phones. Bridget, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God, Bridget. Where are you calling from? Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama's on the board. Praise be to God. We don't get too many <laughs> uh, game show calls from Birmingham, Alabama. How is the weather today in Birmingham? It's beautiful. Slightly cloudy, but cool. It's nice. Have, you guys, have you guys reached peak fall color season yet, or is that coming gone, or is it still to come? No. In fact, it's really... Um, it stayed green for so long. Only just this week has it started to turn. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, Birmingham, Alabama is an incredibly beautiful state. Rolling hills, lots of tree coverage. It's glorious, especially this time of the year. Uh, although I have to say, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Wasn't it A&M beat, uh, beat Alabama? I can't remember, but... Uh, <laughs> Gigum. That's all I wanted to say there. But at any rate, Bridget, are, are you familiar with the game show? Do you know how the game is played? I am. I played on my way to work listening. Praise be to God. Well, we're glad you called in today. And uh, do you have any opinions about the trickiness of either Janice or Adrian? Oh, man. They're very tricky. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm on your side, though. It's me and you against them, right. I feel like, most of the time. But are you ready to play, Bridget? I'm ready. Let's do this. We will go to Janice with our first question, as is our custom. Janice, are you ready? Yep. Are you sure? Yes, sir. Are you sure? I am sure. Janice, can you tell me, tradition holds that 
The canon of the Mass originates with which saints? Oh, that's um, the canon of the Mass originates with Saint Peter and Saint Paul. Wow. Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. They were considered. Um, Saint Peter was the uh, first pope, so yeah. uh, the mass originated with uh, Saint Peter and Paul. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sounds reasonable. <laughs> uh, let's just see what uh, Brother Adrian has to say here. Adrian, can you tell me? Tradition holds the canon of the mass originates with which saints? Yeah, that would be Pope Gregory the Great. Really? Yes. And mm. it would be St. Benedict who helped form, formulate the liturgy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like two dynamic pairs teamed up. To a ma- it's like a, oh, yeah. a match of all matches here. <laughs> all right. So Dynamic uh, duo. Bridget, this is the trickiest of all three questions, but here is the deal. Uh, Adrian seems to think it's St. Gregory the Great and St. Benedict versus Janice says it goes back further to St. Peter and Paul as to who originated the canon of the Mass. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Bridget, what say you? Oh, my goodness. This is hard. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say Adrian. Um, <clears throat> are you sure? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, I, oh! Adrian, I'm trying to help I, I, I gave him a chance. Come I gave him a chance. On. No, no. St. Peter and Paul, they, the tradition holds that the can of the mass traces lineage to Peter and Paul. It was, of course, added to over time, but they originated from St. Peter and Paul. I'm sorry, Bridget. It was the trickiest of all questions. Uh, mea culpa, mea culpa. Yeah. yeah, Adrian's a little, he's a little <laughs> quick on the button there, I think. Either way, uh, I think the next two, pretty straightforward. We can get this done. We're going to get you in that cup. Let's go to Adrian for this next question. Adrian, can you tell me, who was the first Christian martyr? The first Christian martyr. Hmm... With, I'm going to go with Jesus. Really? Yeah. Hmm. He believed in Christ, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are you laughing? No, I'm not. It's just uh, morning allergies. It's that's the all. coffee. The yeah. coffee's getting to you. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Janice, mm-hmm. uh, can you help, please? No, seriously. Can you tell me, who was the first Christian martyr? Uh, what was Adrian's response again? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus yes. Because Jesus is the first martyr of everything. Uh, uh, but yeah. I, uh, apart from Jesus, uh, I would say it's St. Stephen. So Stephen. Oh, the uh, deacon. Yes. So he was considered yeah. traditionally uh, as the first saint. St. Paul uh, was there, right? Apart from Jesus, yes. He had mm-hmm. that vision of heaven. and oh, Fantastic. Yes, okay. All right, Bridget, here's the deal. Uh, Janice seems to think it's St. Stephen, the deacon, whereas Adrian seems to think it's Jesus himself that was the first Christian martyr. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Bridget, what say you? I would say Janice, St. Stephen. You don't think it's Jesus? I was told Jesus is the answer to everything. (laughs) You got it. You got it. I was told that the answer to every question was Jesus. That's what I was told. It's, well... That or C, or seven, <laughs> or C. Like as in the letter, like as, as letter A, C. B, or C. Yeah. Choose C if you yeah. had to guess. Exactly. What do they teach in schools these That's days? That's what they taught me. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go, Bridget. You're in the cup. Praise be to God. You made it. How do you feel? Great. 
<laughs> well, the good news for you is the next question is pretty easy, I would say. Oh, so hard. It may or may not have happened recently. Hardest one. Just saying. Okay, there you go. Uh, back to Janice. Janice, can you tell me, what day commemorates all those in heaven who have no special feast day? Um, those that don't have a special feast day get to be celebrated on the Feast of All Saints. Really? Yep. All Saints all Day. All Saints Day. We get to include all those people who have made it to heaven. Yep. All of them? Yes, that's okay. the day. Okay. Let's just see what... Adrian says, let's get a second opinion here. Adrian, can you tell me what day commemorates all those in heaven who have no special feast day? Yes, that would be Anima Mise. Anima Mise. That's like Latin? <laughs> it is like Latin. That seems I mean, like it is formal. Latin, not like Latin. It's, it's, it's similar to? Yeah, it is. It's akin to? Uh, well, if akin to means it actually is, then yes. <laughs> Sounds formal. Anima Mise, you said. See. Mm, okay, so uh, Bridget, here's the deal. Adrian seems to think it's on Anima Mise, whereas Janice seems to think it's on All Saints Day. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? But what day commemorates all those in heaven who have no special feast day? Bridget, what say you? Janice is correct. <sighs> I just nailed curious. it. Adrian, does nailed it, it. Does it hurt to hear that out no. loud? Or? No, it's all good. Janice. It's all good in the hood. <laughs> Anima Mise, it's just Latin for the mass of the soul. Or soul mass. The soul mass. It's not a real thing. I just made it up. (laughs) Praise be to God. You see how tricky they are, Bridget. You see, it's like this is what we got to deal with every day. Slight curveballs to the low right corner. But don't worry, you didn't swing. You're in for two. Praise be to God, you could win. It may be God's will, Bridget. Uh, Can we just say thank you for calling in from Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Roll Tide. Praise be to Jesus. And uh, we're going to put you... War Eagle, she says. We're gonna put you on. Uh, we're gonna put you on hold. But uh, thank you again for being on our show. Thank you. God bless you. All right, we love the game show. It's always so much fun. The callers are always such a blast. But that's gonna do it for the radio side of our program. If you can hang out with us in the after show, we will conversate about whatever is on your mind. And if you don't comment, then we talk about movies and food. So those are the rules, but you can hang out with us on our website or on any of the social video feeds at grnonline.com forward slash C-D-T. God love you. God bless you. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Uh, welcome back to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a lot more, let's just say, casual about our conversation, and we talk about whatever is on your heart, your mind, whatever you want to discuss, so you get to drive that conversation simply by commenting. And if you have never commented before, let me encourage you to be a first-time commenter. We lavish extra love on our first-time commenters. Praise be to God. For instance... Alberto from England. Praise be to God. Welcome to the program. Thank you for commenting for the first time. We're very grateful to you. Uh, over on YouTube, praise be to Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Yay and amen. 
Alberto, thank you for hanging out with us all the way from uh, from the UK. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You do you, uh, you Alberto? Uh, let me ask you a question. He says we have nothing like this in the UK. Do you have? I'm I'm asking a silly question that I should probably know the answer to already. But do you have Catholic radio in the UK? Does, I don't even know. Does the UK have radio? <laughs> they oh just my. have Protestant radio. Oh, oh my! <laughs> it's, oh it's all my. it's Anglican radio. <laughs> Anglican radio, yeah. Where's my? Where, what is you, it? Uh, you you they, potted down my what, my lyrics. Oh, sorry. I put it. it is uh, oh, yeah. You got to turn that off, otherwise it <laughs> plays for like five minutes. I didn't realize it yeah. that long. But anyway, I'm curious. Is there Catholic radio in uh, in the UK? I'd be very curious about that. Uh, let's see. Good morning to everybody who's hanging out with us. Christopher Velasquez and St. Teresa of Avila and Clarissa. Good morning to you, Colin. Uh, Kimmer, Kimberly Sunderman. Uh, ZXC5000. That's a heck of a name, ZXC5000. Um, sounds like something from the 80s. Like, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> like, this is the ZXC5000. It comes equipped with, I don't even know what to say next, but... Are you one of them robots? Yeah. One of those robots? No, no, th- I don't think so. I think this person is a real person. They were commenting on our uh, on our Border Patrol conversation with uh, with uh, Mr. Scott. Uh, but uh, we're glad you're here, nonetheless. Uh, Jeff Burrier and the Burrier family, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. We're glad to hang out with you, of course. Uh, and then who else is on today? Uh, let's see. We have the Burrier family. Sienna said, my favorite sport is volleyball. And Genevieve said, will you play the duh button? Which one? This one? Oh, man. Or this one? Come oh, on, man. Neither That's one. None of those are the duh button. None of those are the duh button. None of those are the duh button. The duh button is on this one. Duh. Yeah. There we go. Duh. Okay. And on Facebook, uh, on the GRN side, for some reason, it's just Buddy. He's the only person there. <laughs> Sorry, like, No buddy. one is there for some reason. <laughs> no, there's. Like, I up? see six people hanging out, of which I am one, and Buddy and is I am another, one. and that's three. So that's three people who haven't commented over on the GRN side of things. Well, I guess me and Buddy are on then. Buddy and I. Is it Buddy that. and I or me and B- Buddy? Uh, grammar's fluid, just like my pronouns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I am at a loss for words at the moment. <laughs> you're very welcome. Lori's on with us. Uh S. Giselle, you told us your first name, and I forgot already. Uh, Let me know. Welcome to the Texas, says Lori. Uh, I'm sure that's directed towards you, Rudy. So welcome to Texas. Uh, Gloria says, good morning. Jesus, good morning. Uh, Susan and Nicola is on with us. Nicola. And Joaquin. Joaquin. And Don. I think that's everybody. Good morning to all of you. Praise be to God. Now, uh, Rudy. Born and raised in California? Absolutely. Uh, you say that with such confidence. <laughs> like, I think you so. You feel no shame whatsoever? You're just like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know what? I don't feel shame because California was a stronghold of Catholicism. Uh, then Hanipro Serra died. And then he died. And then the rest is, as they say, they took, history. They took down his statues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretend like that never happened. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, people forget that California rejected same-sex marriage on their ballot three yes. times. Prop 8. Amazing. Mm. Way back in the day. Yeah. And, the, and then the, the judge was like, nah, seriously. We're going to do it We're anyway. going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we know that we asked y'all to vote. It's kind of like whenever they got communion on the hand in, in America. And uh, and who was it? It was Spellman. He went and put it up for a vote. And they, they the U.S. bishops voted no. 
and then he put it up for a good vote again, and they yeah. said no, and then he put it up for a vote a third time and got retired bishops' votes in, uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden the uh, the tide switched, and all of a sudden all the bishops said yes. And it's like, hmm. Hey, good morning to you, Lori. There. Did we leave Lori out? Lori, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Lori Powell, one of the CDT insiders and a Mug Club member. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, uh, Odyssey, very odd. I was gonna, I was gonna say very odd. Then I got confused with very Odyssey. odd to see. Odd. It's odd to see that no one is hanging out at Odyssey. See where I that? Our Lijonis uh, on um, on YouTube says for the hunters, Happy Saint Hubert's Day. That's super cool. Praise be to God. Yay and amen. But on Odyssey, Mike's there. I don't see him. I guess I have to refresh. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not seeing him. Uh, yeah, James there. Allen Mallory is on our website, hanging out with us this morning, as well as Paul, our friend from Buffalo. By the way, uh, the mayoral race in Buffalo is apparently contested. The uh, The Democrat incumbent was didn't get the nomination from his own party, so he did a write-in thing. And his uh, competitor is a, a avowed public socialist. And so it's pretty heated contest, and we don't know who's won up there. But either way, the people probably lose. Let's just be honest. <laughs> no matter. <laughs> Did you guys lose. go vote yesterday? Yes. I didn't get there. No. What? Neither no, my son. Oh, my, my son. Uh, my son was in a very tragic accident at work. Oh no! Yesterday had uh, be ambulance. So Stephen, keep him in your prayers. Yeah. Was it a car accident or? No, he had one of those too. He had a car oh, accident wow. last week and uh, nearly totaled his his brand new car. And then uh, this week he had an accident while working at work and uh, lost a lot of blood. His face Yikes. got smashed up pretty good. Oh, no. So I'm keep so him in sorry. your prayers. Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's obviously going through some tests right now. The Lord is putting him through the paces. So What, what kind of work does he do? He is the uh, shipping manager for Texas Truck and Tire, which is a Catholic-owned and operated company here in the oh. local Houston area, but ships tires and rims across the country actually they they do a large amount of volume on tires and rims and uh, the owner bob great catholic man uh runs a good shop over there and he's been very good to my son uh, mm. but uh, it's tough work it ain't easy work and um and my son got injured pretty good yesterday so he's very is lucky he... actually he could have been could have been far worse to be honest oh, with you. okay oh, is he is he still in the hospital or no he's not uh but uh his face is gonna need some time <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> his face took pretty good. i don't want to share too much but okay. it's uh it's well, it's a definite we'll for him yeah scary thing What's his so name? steven steven yeah so okay. i did not get to uh did not get to go to vote yesterday, unfortunately. But there was Adrian. Adrian waited until we were off. I completely to, forgot about it. To then share, yeah, why <laughs> it was important for Texans to vote yesterday. I know. I forgot. I had. I had. I had. He's intended. like, okay, we're clear. It's off. We don't let's talk about now. This. Let's tell, say why. I know. I was. Uh, I had made a note to myself to mention it, and I completely forgot. Well, but it was uh, no, mm. but it was good. They, there was mm -hmm. uh, a number of propositions that were up for a vote yesterday that were very important. One of the most important ones was uh, Prop Three, uh, which was saying that the state they were going to to pass an amendment to basically say the state of te uh, the state of Texas cannot infringe on religious rights at all like it cannot bother them cannot do anything can't make laws uh don't we have so, a constitution that says the same thing yeah well the, con <laughs> the constitution like, isn't exactly 
helpful right now. Uh, <laughs> so Texas got to do our own thing. That and, and a nickel gets us nowhere. And there was a number. So there was a number. There was eight propositions, and a number of them were directly related to like our school system and our religious liberty. And we really should have gone out and voted for it. It's a little too late now to bring it up, but it was very important. If you voted, let us know. Uh, I know Kim is is all up in that. I know I don't know if Kim's still watching, but if you're still watching, let us know how that went for you because I know mm-hmm. Kim works with the voting uh, voting booths and that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, this is it was huge, very huge. Um, Adrian, well, so, yeah. if, if, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to mention if Kim is on, maybe she can tell us if we can do mail in voting. For this, can we? Oh, it's still? already over. It's yeah, it's over. But even no, mail, for mail-in yeah, voting, mail-in voting oh, okay. is early. It would have had mm-hmm. to have been yeah. postmarked by by yesterday. Yeah, got it. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's passed. What are you saying, Rudy? Adrian, how much did they pay you to not mention that? I know uh, exactly. Yeah, I know. Are Big. we talking Soros money or what are we talking about? <laughs> here? I, I'm gonna be honest with you. It was Mayor Turner. Um, oh, speaking so. of Soros, did you guys see how uh, Soros and some other billionaire teamed up to? To fund uh, uh, an organization whose job it is to manage fake news, like to, in order to control news on the internet, to make sure that, quote, fake news doesn't get perpetuated, unquote. Like, oh, Buddy said the amendment passed. Praise, praise be, to, be God. to God. There you go. Oh, good. Thank you, Buddy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing like uh, entrusting George Soros to ensure that fake news is not passed around the internet, huh? Well, you know, I, we I gotta do. trust the experts. Do we? And you want trust every expert? Now, all I, of them. I, I don't know. I was watching a report on this yesterday, and I think the it's called the organization is called the Good News. <laughs> you gotta love the play on words, right? I mean, uh, the Good News, it's eh? The gospel man. Mm. Well, I was gonna say earlier when you were talking about uh, the passing of gay marriage. Uh, so-called gay marriage. Um, our enemies always have, they always one-up us. They the have the, the God, the, right? <laughs> they have always the, the best little slogans. So for that, they, they were saying no on hate, you know, no on prop eight. We got to step up our game. We yeah. have the real good news. The real good news. You know, I was watching a report yesterday on that story that with George Soros and, uh, they were showing examples of how so many like talking, uh, you know, commentators on news, major news outlets bring up George Soros funding of DAs in major cities in America and they get shut down. Fox News shut down uh, some folks. Uh, what's his name? Who ran for the, the recall election? Um, what's his name? Who ran against Newsom? Uh, he tried to bring up uh, George Soros and he was, you know, called <laughs> a racist for it or, or an anti-Semite. Yeah, you know, I've, I've the very mentioning him. of Soros' name, you know, obviously is uh, is you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, gosh, I can't remember his name. Uh, do you know what else was a crazy story that I I didn't report on, but I was tempted to? Did you guys hear that in China over the weekend? I think it was over the weekend. Uh, Disneyland in China locked its gates. Thirty thousand people trapped inside. Every single one was tested for COVID. <laughs> wow. That's why, <laughs> and nobody was allowed out until <laughs> until they were either isolated for COVID or had a negative test. That is why was a what gulag. was the reason? Like they found someone that China has a zero mm-hmm. case policy. They kind of like Australia tried to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now, in fact, this morning I was watching a report over on Epic Times. Uh, jo- uh, Joshua Phillips was was discussing the story. They're actually contemplating the death penalty with people who are infected. And are still milling about. 
Don't wow. get any ideas wow. by administration. I'm just okay. <laughs> I'm just reporting what others are reporting. Mm-hmm. That's you know, intense. so uh, come on, man. Yeah, I mean um, that's very interesting times we live in. Huh? Could you imagine being at the par- at Disneyland with your p- family and you're having a good time, and then they lock the door and did they get to ride the rides more? <laughs> I, I mean, that's a good question. There you go. There's some perks. I mean, could you thirty thousand people locked up until they're until they get a negative test? Uh, wow, that's Kim insane. said the. Let's see. She said I was an election judge yesterday, and it was a steady flow of people. Uh, let's see. And she said, "Yes, you can mail in. True, you can do that, Janice. It has to be postmarked by the day of the election." Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. And as Franco said, Prop Three was confusing. I believe it should have been a no. Uh, why do you think it should be a no? I'm I'm interested in in the reasoning there. But there you go. Uh, and but yes, it did pass according to Buddy. I didn't see it, but Buddy said it passed. Hey, uh, J Double J P C four five four over on YouTube. Are you a brand new comment? Could you say it again? J three times fast. Double J P C four five four. Double J P C four five four. Double J P C four five four. That sounds like a bomb. I don't know if I should give. I don't know if I should give you the hallelujah or him the hallelujah. That was impressive. I thought for sure you were going to mess that up. Uh, you saying I didn't? No, well, I'm no. Sure. I, I'm pretty sure you nailed that. I don't that. even know what I said. Now you nailed it. That was uh, impressive. Praise be to God. Wow. Welcome, uh, to, welcome to the program. I'm pretty sure you're a first time commenter. I've uh, definitely never seen that before. Yeah. Welcome to this program. We're glad you're commenting today. Uh, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Praise be to Jesus. That's hilarious. Um, what else? What else is going on? You know, uh, California. Talk about California. Janice spent some time living mm-hmm. there. Her her husband is from yeah. California. My my husband's from Palmdale area, so L.A. area. So yeah. where are you from? Um, just south of that in the San Fernando Valley. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah he's on he's on the north side of L.A. How yeah. many times have you say seen Jay Leno drive one of his cars? I've actually seen him twice. I was I I, <laughs> I was willing to bet you probably seen him at least once. You know what? He he owns uh, I think an air an air hanger just full of cars. I know. So, yeah, I watch and, his YouTube channel. That's based. <laughs> yeah, I'll take yeah. two. Yeah. And Burbank is I think he has a studio there, so he he's constantly driving around. I and, bet. Yeah, mm-hmm. fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Burbank, California, kind of unassuming part of of Los Angeles area. It is. Looks yeah. very normal. Like when people think it's funny, <laughs> first, the first time I ever visited California, it was in San Francisco in uh, 89, I think, 89 or 90, might have been 1990. And I was going to the Naval Leadership Academy over Treasure Island under a, under a bridge right across from uh, the prison island there. And, um, and uh, the people who picked me up at the airport, they're like, where's your cowboy boots and cowboy hat? Where were they? Uh, I'm like, not everybody in Texas has cowboy yes. boots and cowboy hats. <laughs> I do, though. Although some do. Yeah. Not everybody does. But similarly, and in reverse from California, we just expect that everybody in California probably eats grass, drinks lattes, and goes barefoot and Where's doesn't shave. And surfs. <laughs> and surfs. Yes. Right? Well, I, so. that was my experience when I, I moved to San Diego. I lived in San Diego for four years. And when I moved there... Everyone's like, where are you from? Like, I'm from Texas. And then they're like, oh, gee, does everyone wear like cowboy hats and yeah. boots out there? Oh, when I went to Florida, and- people asked if I rode a horse to school. Yeah, you know what I mean? Horse. And I said, I, and I said yes. And his name is Silver. <laughs> and they did not get the joke. They did not get the joke. I'm surprised you got the joke. What? Was that the Johnny Depp movie? Where did you get that one from? It's a lo- what are you talking about? That's Lone Ranger. I know, but how would you know about Lone Ranger? And all these references I throw out, you never know them, but now you're going to know Lone Ranger? I watch Rifleman. He's a okay. big fan. I, I'll give you that. Yeah, he is a he is a big Rifleman mm-hmm. fan. 
Uh, so I guess Lone Ranger is not far off. Not really. Yeah. So uh, what? Same, what? Same. Uh, same uh, millennia. What? <laughs> what stereotypes uh, of Texans and uh, people not from California do you possess, Rudy? <laughs> um. I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? That was a little bit. What confusing. stereotypes do you hold? What do, have you understood, thought about, or misunderstood about people who aren't from California? <sighs> well, what what kind of uh, re-education training do but they give you? Do you have any you? stereotypes of Texans? Yeah, mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping to see some cowboy boots. To be honest with you, oh, I'm a little disappointed. I'm sure there'll be some. Did you, Adrian never wears his? Yeah, I don't wear mine because um, I stopped wearing mine. I wear. I, I only have dress boots. And so I don't have work boots that are uh, that are cowboy boots, and I also have flat feet, so well, I can't I, wear cowboy boots that often because <laughs> it kind of hurts my feet over time. Mm, I so. will say that um, every Texan majority that I know ha- owns cowboy boots or owns like some sort of Western attire at home. Uh-huh. So even though we live in a modern city and you know metropolitan city, you don't really people don't wear that on a daily basis. Sure, <laughs> but when it comes to rodeo time, oh, yeah. rodeo season, oh everybody's a cowboy. Yeah, that's the other problem. <laughs> nice. that yeah. You are you are in Houston, and so we are a city. Well, a city. Yeah, yeah. For sure. everybody's a cowboy at uh, at the rodeo. Anyway, let me ask you this: Yeah, Texas is a big place. Mm-hmm. Are there different types of Texas accents? Oh, sure. Yeah. Really? Of mm-hmm. course. Huh. Yeah. You got West Texas, you got East Texas, North Texas, and then South. California in the middle. You got um, Mexico, Texas. Mexico, Texas. <laughs> 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 the Spanglish, Texas. Spanglish, yeah. You get, you get them all in this, in this state. Tex-Mex. And in Houston, you got Second Ward, Third Ward, Fourth Ward. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds very prison-like, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> I didn't come up with the names. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, Texas is a very fascinating place, to be sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. We got so, about Rudy, 10 I, minutes. I have a question for you. So I've, I've tried to convince them that um, at least my experience when I lived in California was that I met a lot of conservative, like very traditional Catholics in California. And I felt like at least my impression was that like the Catholics who the, the very Orthodox Catholics that live in California are because they're like sheep among wolves in, you know, <laughs> in, a, in a city that's so kind of a state that's kind of liberal. I feel like. Because they're among wolves, they, their um, their 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 desire to like preach the gospel or, or defend the gospel is more f- uh, very fervent and vi- very fiery. Um, and so I've tried to tell them like I've I feel like I've met a lot of more uh, radical traditional Catholics in California than I have in Texas, just because Texas like we're a little bit more friendly like it's more it's we're a little bit more relaxed <laughs> definitely <here. laughs> more friendly yeah for sure i would say that's a that's a good assessment because you're right tough times make tough people right mm-hmm. and uh i know a lot of people who are really awesome catholics but you know you have to have a chip on your shoulder <laughs> to survive there <laughs> otherwise you're just gonna get washed away what kind of yeah. chip is it burrito yeah. Oh, ouch. Here we go. Ruffles. Oh, we knew Ruffles. food was going to show up at okay. some point. Just, just making sure. Food and movies. Uh, that's the, the two mainstays of our I think I'm going to go get a Whataburger after the show. It's Whataburger. By the way, okay, so before you get totally <laughs> oh, corrupted goodness. and you become just like the other Spanglish speakers in, in the state of Texas, the company is called What a Burger. It's Whataburger. What a burger. If you can read English, then you would look at their sign and go, oh, it is what a burger. burger. <laughs> and yet, so many Texans continue to perpetuate the lie that it's water burger. That's what I said. But 
Who wants water on their burger? I'm just curious. Nobody wants water on their burger. No one wants water. We're burger. saying the same thing. Water but burger. Everybody <laughs> wants what a burger? Because Joe's, Joe's, Joe's not actually Joe's not actually not from Texas. <laughs> That's what I've decided. I think, Joe's I think not really from Texas. In and out guy. Look, and you guys actually, are making me uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, it would be a mortal sin for me to eat water burger. <laughs> because he's an in and out. I'm an in and out man. <laughs> oh, they have in and outs here. Uh, and you know. are losing in and out is overrated. You got to go to Austin. You're, you're well, losing your in and out burgers in California, by the way. That's true because they don't want to. They don't want to be the vaccine police. <laughs> Did you know that if you turn over the cup on the underside, there's of a, Psalms and yeah, yeah, it says John three sixty. Yeah, that's amazing. I saw yeah. somebody yeah. Uh, posted a picture. I don't know if it was real or they edited it, but it said like uh, they lifted up the cup and it said on the bottom, "Let's go, Brandon." <laughs> 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 Oh, excuse uh, my French. Yeah, Sorry. French. <laughs> uh, before we run out of time, we got about, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes or so to go here. Buddy asked a question way back in like the first hour. I, I mentioned a story that was uh, one that I, I'm like, God, it's a, it's a gut check. The Blaze, I saw it over The Blaze, but it's actually reported on several outlets. Uh, police say father hunted down and brutally killed man who allegedly sold his daughter into sex slavery. Social media users are calling him a hero. You know, and I, I, I was reflecting on this story. It is a brutal story uh, of this guy who his daughter was sold, as it says, sold in slavery. He went and rescued her, praise be to God. And then he hunted down the 19-year-old who did it. And he tortured and killed this man, left his body in the back of a trunk of a car, abandoned for a year until someone found the car, drove it back to town, and then abandoned it again, I guess. And somebody else found the body and called it into police. He was arrested. And I was talking about how the great the temptation would be towards vengeance uh, and uh, how difficult that would be. Well, Buddy said this in commenting on that. He said, Joe, we are to love our neighbor, but does that not mean we have to protect our neighbor from evil? So the greatest service for our neighbor is sometimes to kill evil people. If I am wrong, we can always go to confession after the evil is, is eradicated. Uh, that is presumption, <laughs> sir. Yeah. Not, not quite, not quite uh, the right I, attitude. I don't mean to laugh, buddy, but that just seemed funny Yikes. to me. When I, <laughs> <laughs> Scary. Well, you know, okay, so I think there's two, I think there's uh, sort of several issues going down here. Number one, uh, we have an obligation to protect uh, the innocent, right? I, you know, I am prepared to protect my wife and children in our home. Uh, of course, if someone were to break down the door, I, I could even use, uh, you know, f- force even up to death to protect them against an attacker, at least in the state of Texas, not so much in California. That'd be a different ball game. But in the state <laughs> of Texas, you know, I was telling a guy the other day, driving into our church parking lot, d- driving erratically, and I pulled up. I'm like, are you all right, dude? And he's like, oh, yeah, I was just having fun. And he's, he's a great guy. Great guy, regular at our parish, but I, we didn't know who he was when we watched the car. And I'm, he's like, I was just having fun. I only do it here. I go, it's Texas. People have guns. <laughs> Be careful out there. But here's my point. Is we, have, we, have a, we, can, we can protect our loved ones, even with violent force. That's true. Absolutely. And we ought to protect our loved ones against evil. I would agree. But this is vengeance. It's kind of different that way. And then, of course... You know, if you go to confession and you commit a sin you're not actually contrite for, well, then it's not a valid confession, right? Right, right. Especially if you it's premeditated. I mean, yeah, that's important. Uh, it can still be valid as long as you actually have repentance for it. But, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't be presumptuous. You don't know if you'll make it to 
uh, to get, get to a confession, especially if you're going off to kill a guy. Who knows? Maybe he might end up killing you. Um, yeah. Then you just died uh, this guy attempted was murder. 60 years old so, against a 19-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. Good luck. Um, but the here's the thing, though. I was telling Joe the story of King St. Ferdinand. Yesterday I was uh, at Mass, and I stayed for uh, multiple Masses, and I decided to pull out my book on St. Stephen, I mean, King St. Ferdinand, rather, and I was reading about him, and you have to read it to understand how horrible his father was, but here's a look. His father attempted to have his mother uh, <laughs> executed and and gotten rid of because uh, he uh, she was uh, in line for a throne, and her son was going to take the throne, and he wanted the throne, so he then accused her of treason and then forged her signature against other people. He then went to war against his own son. And during the war, whenever he'd lose battles and he started retreating, he would salt the earth like the Muslims would do and destroy the land so no one could use it. He would burn down the property of other people. And they, whenever they finally captured him, they brought him to King St. Ferdinand. And he looks at his father and he's trying to decide what to do with him. And he's saying it would be just for me to kill him. And he said that he he said that he was burning with anger that it was the hardest test he's ever had, and he was burning with anger because he said this person hurt my mother, he attacked my mother, he tried to harm me, he tried to destroy my people, he tried to he stole and burn other people's property. He hates God, and this man is, is was a very very wicked man, and he says and he so he goes to the chapel and he prays for days, and our Lord gives him an interior locution and tells him. Yes, it would be just for you to kill him. And you have every right to do so, but have mercy on him yeah. as I had mercy on others. And I was like, oof. Yeah, that's right. That is rough right there. That's yeah. Sad. Choosing the greater, greater thing, right? Um, but I can just imagine as a dad, that temptation would be so heavy. Oh, my heavens. The, oh, thought, yeah. the thought alone makes my blood boil, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I, it reminded me of... Uh, there's a, a book called The Last Crusader by Louis D. Wall, and uh, I've been listening to the audiobook version of it, narrated by none other than Catholic Answers' Christopher Check, and uh, it is about Don Juan of Austria. And it's a massive book, by the way, huge. And it leads the whole life of Don Juan and, and culminates, of course, at the Battle of Lepanto. But there's a whole section. Now, Don Juan, you might remember, was the half-brother of Charles, Charles V, the Holy Roman Emperor. His brother, Philip, became the king of Spain. And Don Juan basically was raised outside of the court. He was raised as some sort of ambiguous figure, although people knew. Uh, by the time he was Don Juan of Austria, people knew. But he, he didn't get to be, uh, he didn't get to live the extravagant life of someone who was the son of the Holy Roman Emperor. Uh, and Philip kind of kept him stringing along until eventually he gave him the opportunity to be, you know, admiral of the sea and then commander of the Holy Roman Holy League, right? Well, uh, Philip II's son, Carlos, plotted to overthrow his father. And there's a section in the book where they're going through that, where Carlos, who's lost his mind, is plotting and, and he's raising money <clears throat> and he's trying to, he's trying to, uh, Curry political favor with his uh, his father's adversaries, and he gets to the point where he's ready to murder his own dad, and he calls in the confessor, a Dominican nonetheless, and, and he says, uh, "Okay, I need I need to confess a crime that is going to happen," <laughs> and they're like, "What are you talking about?" Well, I'm going to be murdering somebody. 
and I want to. I, I need to go to confession because I have mass, and Mafioso. I can't. Ha- he says I have to be able to receive co- uh, communion at mass, or people will will think something's up, and the, and the murder won't happen until afterwards. And he's like, uh, no, can't. Sorry, can't give you con- absolution for a crime you're going to commit, unrepentant. And he and in the book, Carlos has him pull in like seven theologians, and they're all debating on what they can tell the prince of of Spain <laughs> as to whether or not they can forgive him of a crime he has not yet committed but intends to no matter what. It's a fascinating exchange, and it kind of strikes at the, at the heart of this uh, story. And eventually, uh, eventually Don Juan dimes him out, and he gets uh, house arrested. And eventually he does, uh, he does die in, in arrest. It's, it's a pretty tragic story. But nonetheless, there you go. All right, so just seconds on the clock now, uh, uh, Rudy. Um, uh, I had a thought, then it escaped me because I'm looking at something else at the moment. But I um, have a minute and thirty seconds. Minute thirty seconds. Uh, f- uh, are you a movie lover? Yeah, but you know what? I haven't been to the movies in a long time. I'm writing that down. Have you seen Star Wars? Have you seen Star Wars? <laughs> the new ones or the old ones? The old ones. Yes, the old ones. I have the new ones. I've only seen. The last two. Because they're horrible. That's okay. They're right. pretty horrible. bad. Yeah, they're <laughs> pretty bad. That's fine. So okay. <clears throat> when we say the old ones, do we mean like the old old ones or the new old we ones? We saw them one, two, three, or four, five, six. You know what? I'm one of those guys that likes the new old ones. <gasps> they're so good. Uh, you mean they're lightsaber so battles are good? good. Yeah, well, yes. The acting, eh? <laughs> not so much. No so bueno. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Have you read it? <laughs> or seen Bomba it? Lord, Lord of the Rings. You like Lord of the Rings? Love Lord of the Rings. Very good. <sighs> Recently binged it with my wife. Really? Oh, wow. yep. uh-huh. Well, before the baby came. Okay. At <laughs> G.K. Chesterton? Yeah, I enjoy G.K. Chesterton. Oh, he's great. Yeah. He's wonderful. Is he in heaven? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> more, more likely than C.S. Lewis. <laughs> All right. I kid, I kid, I kid. All right. Praise be to God. Well, Rudy, welcome to Texas. We're glad to have had you here. Thank you for having uh, me. We are uh, saying goodbye now. Let's see. Who's on the show tomorrow? Great conversation today, by the way, with Rodney we, Scott. We had a uh, former um, nurse who was going to be on, but uh, she emailed me last night saying that she had to cancel last minute. So, well, we will have to find a we were gonna replacement. Have to, we're going to be on the hunt for another one. <laughs> yeah. Let us know in the comments who you like.